When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Sorry about that. Um, the lesson this morning is taken from St. John's Gospel, chapter 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word together this morning, show us more of your incomparable love for us so that we, in turn, would love you better. Amen. Okay, I'm going to start with a confession. I have no idea what I'm letting myself in for in Basin Hill. And I'd like to say, actually, you lot have no idea what you're letting yourselves in for either. Um, so that makes me feel a bit better. But, you know, I have little sense at the moment of uh, what my ministry here will look like, um, or indeed how I will step up to the challenge of being an ordained minister. Uh, the main thing which reassures me is this, that I absolutely love our mission statement. Anyone know what it is? <laughs> Just to remind you, it's uh, <laughs> loving God, living his adventure. Luke 19, 10 says this. 
the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God is on a mission. And if you want to join in, there's one thing that really matters. It's not a first in theology. It's not attending a mission-shaped ministry course, worthy those, those things might be. It is this. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? <laughs> That's great. Thank you. That's really warmed my Pentecostal heart this morning, getting an answer back. Brilliant. Well, this morning we're going to be exploring this question in the framework of Peter's story. We'll be doing a bit of flicking uh, through the Gospels, so you might want to have your Bible ready. Do you have a Bible? Everyone have a Bible? Show me your Bibles. You lot are good, aren't you? Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay. Well, if I'm reassured by um, your vision statement, you might be reassured to hear that during the past few years, your new curate has been thoroughly scrutinized. I've had bishops, academics, clergy, psychologists, and the scariest of all, lay people quizzing me on everything. I mean everything. My IQ, my bank account, my views about transubstantiation, gay clergy, women bishops, what I think salvation is, my vocation, what I think of the former Archbishop of Canterbury, which films I watch, which books I've read, my sex life, my upbringing, my baggage. Everything has been scrutinized. Yet, until my preordination retreat, 24 hours before I was ordained, nobody had asked me that one vital question, which any minister of the gospel, or indeed any follower of Jesus needs to be asked, do you love Jesus? Perhaps they'd assume it was a given. Why else would anybody do this? But I'd suggest it's not quite a given. Uh, it's a question we all need to be continually asked because we are fickle. We all fail. And in our reading today, we heard an encounter between the risen Jesus and Simon whom Jesus went on to call Peter the Rock. And this encounter is on a beach on uh, the shores of Lake Galilee. There's a picture on all of the slides up there. Um, you can imagine them walking up and down the shore in the morning. It's a poignant scene uh, for many reasons, not least because this is where Peter's first encounter with Jesus had been. Matthew 4:18. Jesus sees Simon, or Peter as he was to become, and his brother Andrew, working as a fisherman and he says come with me and I will make you fishers of people and the gospel says at once they left the nets and followed him perhaps you came to know Jesus like that that you encountered him and you just had no choice but to follow him and it's exciting and it's energizing to follow Jesus. It's good to see God at work. Um, you're being used by God. You're finding things out about yourself that you never knew. Your identity is rooted in Jesus. Like Peter, you'd find it really exciting. In Matthew 16, uh, we see Peter declaring to Jesus that they know who he is, that God has, the Father has revealed to them that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus goes on to give Simon a new identity, a new name. He says, you're going to be the rock, the one on whom the church 
is built. It's exciting, heady stuff, isn't it? Of course Peter loves Jesus. He is having the time of his life as a disciple. But then things get hard. They get very hard for Peter. He has to see Jesus arrested. He too may be threatened by the regime. And in John 13, you you may have read this, that Peter had claimed that he was willing to die for Jesus. And Jesus says to him, Peter, do you know what? In the next few hours, you're going to say three times that you don't know me. Which, of course, he does in John 18. When asked if he's one of the disciples, Peter says three times, I am not. I am not. I am not a disciple of Jesus. When things got difficult... Peter let both himself and Jesus down. I wonder if anyone here feels a bit like that, that you love Jesus, but actually following him is difficult. And the thought of being engaged in mission wears you out because it means putting yourself on the line. There are people around you who might be hostile to your faith. And sometimes, actually, it's easier to act as if we don't love Jesus, isn't it? Well, this passage is a great encouragement because I think it's saying this. You are not defined by your worst moment. You are not defined by your worst moment. Look at Luke 21. um, uh, Sorry, John 21, uh, 17. I love this verse. Lord, you know all things, says Peter. You know that I love you. It's an amazing verse. Firstly, uh, (laughs) and let's just sort of understand the context of this. Um, Peter has a very, very deep understanding of who Jesus is. It's easy for us to say now with 2,000 years of tradition and scripture behind us that, uh, yeah, we know who Jesus is. We know he knows everything. We know he's God the Son. But at the time, this is a huge statement. He's assigning uh, omniscience, it's called. He's assigning uh, the, the attribute of knowing everything to Jesus. That is something that would have been assigned to Yahweh, the God of Israel. This is a massive statement that Peter's making here. Jesus knows everything about Peter and he loves him anyway. And of course, by asking Peter three times, Jesus is taking him on a journey of salvation, of healing, of wholeness. He denied Jesus three times And now he's being given a forum face to face to declare his love for him three times in the very place where he first met him. And uh, we had that lovely picture before of the fire on the beach. Uh, You can just imagine the scene that you've got this smell of the charcoal fire reminding Peter of the charcoal fire he stood around the night that he denied Jesus, reminding him of his shame reminding him of the suffering Jesus went through. But you know what? What a fantastic reminder. Because because of Jesus' suffering, Peter's shame can be dealt with. Jesus is the Passover lamb who takes away the sin of the world. He deals with Peter's sin. He deals with your sin. He deals with my sin. So this event for Peter is a really, really deep recall, I would say. It's a declaration in the light of a realistic understanding of what following Jesus might mean. I guess it's a bit like um, a renewal of wedding vows some years into a marriage. It's coming from hard-won experience, not from youthful optimism. 
throughout the Gospel of John, we are um, thrown into pictures of the love of God everywhere we turn. John 3.16, famous verse, God loved the world so much that he gave his son. And in 13 verse 1, um, it says that Jesus showed the full extent of his love by dying for us. Jesus' love for you is vast and uncompromising. It took him to the cross for you. I wonder if there are people here today who have yet to know the love of God. You know, you're not defined by your worst moment. There is forgiveness. There is hope. Your life has a purpose. Jesus knows all about you and loves you anyway. What we see from Peter's story, though, is very significant. It's not just about the individual. What we see is that participation in the love of God really matters. You're good enough to be used by God because Jesus died to make you good enough. Uh, if you remember the story of Jesus' baptism uh, in Matthew 3, 16 to 17, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he got up out of the water and heaven opened. The spirit descended like a dove and a voice came from heaven that said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. My daughters tell me that they didn't know God was a chav until they read that God was well pleased. Um, I don't know about that. I couldn't possibly comment. But what we do know from this passage is that there is love at the very heart of God's being. And loving Jesus means that we are drawn into the life of God. So when Peter says three times that he loves Jesus, Jesus doesn't just say, great, we're friends again, let's move on. No, he issues him with a command, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Jesus is sharing his work, his mission with Peter. You are involved if you follow Jesus. John 20, 21 said, as the father sent me, so I am sending you. We are drawn into the life and love of God, as I think this, this icon here depicts so beautifully. Loving Jesus means that we are involved in the mission of God. I want to end with a story about two lads called Brian and Aidan who were involved in the mission of God. Um, they didn't do anything particularly exceptional. Um, in fact, their engagement in mission is something that we can all do. They just loved Jesus, and they were attentive to what the Spirit of God was doing in their local community, and they listened to God's promptings about the people they came across. The reason I love this story is because it's about a dear friend of our family, Graham Seed. Graham was, in his own words, a lost cause. Episodes of violence, alcoholism, theft, drugs and jail sentences were just a normal part of Graham's life. And he ended up homeless, sleeping on a park bench in Middlesbrough. And these lads used to come along and sit with him and chat. Nobody else did, but these lads came along to talk to him and they kept saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And Graham would think, why would Jesus love a scumbag like me? Well, Graham ended up in hospital with multi-organ failure and uh, Brian and Aidan noticed that Graham's bench was empty and they made a few inquiries and found him 
in intensive care close to death. And when they found him there, they went to pray for him. Now, to cut a long story short, Graham um, made what can only be termed as a miraculous recovery. And he went on to have a very profound, life-changing experience of Jesus' love for him. Because Brian and Aidan were good news to Graham, he is now engaged in the mission of God himself. He's running a charity called Sowing Seeds, which works with young ex-offenders, helping them not to re-offend and discipling them where appropriate. And you know what? Going around with Graham is amazing because everywhere you go, he just keeps telling everyone, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Petrol attendant, Jesus loves you. Man in the supermarket, Jesus loves you. Everywhere you go, he is just bubbling over with his love for Jesus. Church, Jesus loves you. Do you love Jesus? Fantastic. Because you know if you do, you will end up living his adventure. Let's pray that we would be disciples who know and share God's love in our community and in the places where we spend our time. So let's just pray to end. Lord, you know everything. You know that we love you. We just pray that you would take that little bit of love we have for you and that you would grow it so that we can do what we see you doing so that we can bring the love of God to those we meet so that we can bring glory to the name of Jesus. Amen.